Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach, I'm here with Laura. There's this really weird phenomenon in my life where there have been a handful of men, maybe half a dozen, who uh, have had profound and positive impact on my life, and their their name is Steve. Um, if you haven't listened to a conversation from a few weeks ago on the podcast with my friend Stephen James, you might want to check that out. And then today we're talking to Steve Call, who was my very first supervisor when I was first learning how to become a therapist. Steve and his wife, Lisa Call, uh, run an institute called the Reconnect Institute for Couples. And uh, it was just really great to sit with them again and hear about their work. Laura and I are really good at tips and tricks and tactics. But sitting with Steve and Lisa today was a really helpful reminder that sometimes that's not the point. In fact, it's probably, maybe it's never the point. The point is the stories, the stories that we tell each other, the stories that we tell ourselves, the stories that we know or think we know, the stories we need to get to know in order to create empathy and compassion and connection with one another. Um, it was a really good experience. It was a pleasure to introduce Laura to Steve and Lisa. Um, this is a very cool conversation. Stick around. I don't know where this conversation will go. It'll be interesting, but I think one of the things I really appreciate about Steve is just a, a massive amount of authenticity, like just, mm-hmm. just you sort of can't do other, right? I, I, in, fact, in fact, I wonder sometimes about your sense of humor. It's so dry. I'm like, do you actually do, is it in there? You know, but, um, <laughs> but like, it's, it's like what you get is like truly authentic. And for me, who's a little like on edge and kind of a little bit spastic and maybe got um, a, kind of a sharper, mm-hmm. sharper thing. Like it was a really great um, training for me really, really early on to sort of just tone down some of what I always wanted to do, like as a, I don't know, sort of as a surgeon or as a hunter. So hmm. I'm much more of a gatherer, I think. And um, so it'd be interesting to hear about the work that you guys are doing. Um, as I said in my note, um, Laura and I are really good at like tips and tricks and tactics. I mean, I think that's what yeah. the Gottman method really brings. It's sort of like, here's this toolkit. Here's this massive toolkit mm-hmm. that you can have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it almost presents as sort of a one size fits all sort of model. Um but then, of course, every couple is different and every, everybody's different. So I'd love to hear about, you know, sort of what you guys are doing, what you're bringing, like what happens when a couple shows up with you and how. And we can just all chat about it because, um, I don't know, I just think getting more vocabulary and more perspective is always helpful. Mm-hmm. Can can I expand that a little bit? Because um, yes. you're, you were talking to Steve. There's two people here, Steve yeah. and Lisa, right? Yeah. Um, so wh- I guess I'm kind of curious about... You run a Montessori school. You have a private practice. What's the work that you do together? Um, because obviously we invited both of you on this podcast. So I'm, I'm wondering where the overlap is. Yeah, the I think the overlap is uh, Lisa and I about three years ago started uh, what's called the Reconnect Institute. 
And we started that together with the hope of uh, being intentional uh, about offering uh, workshops, um, in-person connection with couples directly uh, around specific areas I think that are helpful and needed uh, in in the experience of maybe group work, but also conference work. And so that we share that. That's what we share the passion for. I think we're deeply committed to the well-being and the healing and the redemptive quality of what marriage can be. Uh, because we've sent, I think we've found that to be true in our own marriage and, uh, we just have a passion for, uh, coming alongside couples together, uh, in that way. And it it is, I think a form of play for us. I think Zach's aware of this, (laughs) but you know, play is so essential, I think for us and for the well-being, uh, even for us as in in humanity. And I think we have found this to be a, a, a playful endeavor uh, it's a little more play for Steve. I, I, I love it. <laughs> He's I, a little more comfortable <laughs> at just being up front and leading and all of that with teaching and everything. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think the passion for me comes in where we, it was probably more like 15 years ago when Steve and Dan Allender were doing a um, marriage workshop and Becky and I kind of came alongside. We were par- a little bit part of it. Mm-hmm. And Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not my comfort zone. It was not what I wanted to do, but I was, we were so impacted. I was so impacted. Um, we saw so much impact on our marriage and just through story, through studying and like unpacking our narrative and, and how it interacts. And so I think the passion grew in me that, wow, these are, this is so impactful for us. I want to share this with other people. And so I have to mm-hmm. overcome my you know, does the lack of desire to be up front. And, mm-hmm. um, so we did our first marriage workshop at our church, um, in Seattle, UBC mm-hmm. back hmm, maybe Probably four years ago, five years know. ago. No, it was before we moved. So yeah, so about five. eight, maybe eight years oh, ago. Okay. It's been a while. It was, <laughs> I had this couple, they came into my practice one time and, um, you knew they were in trouble cause they sat down and I said, so how long have you guys been married? And they said at the exact same time. She said 10 and he said six, like at the exact oh. same time. And I was like, whoa, my work has got, my work has got a lot of work. You got a lot of work. I think but time's have, flying for Steve because he's time, so happy. Yeah, time, is, time is always but relative, But it was definitely right? a few years before we moved up here. Okay. So okay. Um, that was our first experience and we had an overwhelming response. And I think when people would come up and just say, thank you for being authentic, you know, and, and sharing, because we did just basically share the hard stuff. And um, I think for me, being a four Enneagram. I don't know if you guys do Enneagram, but like mm-hmm. to me, that's so authentic. And that's oh, so... you're speaking Zach's love language. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I think I just, okay, fine, let's do this. And, and, but I, it's a little bit pulling teeth with me. Mm-hmm. So it's more play for Steve, but we, we have fun when we're done. I'm really glad we did it. <laughs> so, yeah. So we do these workshops and then we, we just started a few months ago. We started the reconnect marriage podcast and that, that we just have been doing that weekly. And again, oh, I would say that's been a form either. of play, but, uh, a little, little bit different. And then we did a, done a, you know, some workshop material online. And so we just, I think, I think. And some intensives. Some intensives. He's been doing intensives in the barn, like a, a full mm-hmm. weekend. And so we're figuring out how I can be part of a little bit part of that, but mostly mm-hmm. Steve works with the couple. So we're just evolving. We're, we're looking to see where, where we can, you know, serve marriages and Man, yeah. I want to, there's a fork in the road that I, and I can't decide which one I want to go to, but like, I, I really want to hear about like, let's say Laura and I are a married couple and we show up, we're like, Hey, here we go. Like what happens? You know, we, we come to what we come to the barn and we sit down and like, what's next? So there's that piece that I just want to like, I just kind of want to understand and hear about a little bit, but then mm-hmm. also 
you've teased it a couple of times. Like, so what did you learn? Like, what did you learn about your marriage? Like what's going on there? Like, yes, yeah. uh, actually, can we go down that? Cause I'm sure. really curious sure. about yeah. uh, your experience. Cause Zach and I have been sharing this like uh, podcast experience and we've also mm-hmm. taught together, do workshops together. Right. Um, and I always walk away from doing therapy. My husband's says that we always have the best sex after I've had the hardest clients. And Mm -hmm. the reason is because there's an amount of gratitude that I end up having in him, but I don't get that process of interacting with my partner the same way that you guys get to interact with each other because Zach and I are not partners. We're just business partners. We're not lovers. So I am kind of curious, like what that looks like. What did you learn from doing your podcast and doing these workshops? Like, are you as authentic and open about the struggles that you're going through now as you were maybe in the past? But mm. that's where I'm, Zach, if like, if you were to serve up those two forks, I, that's the <laughs> fork I want to go down. <laughs> yeah, we can go, of course, we can go down that path. I would say over the past few years, we have become more authentic in the stories and in the struggles uh, of uh, in our marriage. But, but in a way that I think is meant to connect with other couples, not, not to say it's just us or it's just you. Uh, I, I think. Or not to say, oh, we have it figured out because right. we, don't. we don't. And that's the beauty is of the podcast is that literally that morning we'll have a fight and we'll go, oh, this is perfect. We'll do this on the mm-hmm. podcast. And so we, yeah. every day we have something pretty much that we can share. So we were pretty relevant of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what happened. And, and, and not that um, we yeah, we've got it all, we've got all figured out or we've, we figured out how to avoid conflict. We just have learned to work through it quicker and we have less defensiveness, I think, between us. So mm-hmm. that's a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, so it sounds off, like you ahead. are pretty authentic in what you're sharing, which is pretty uh, cool. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I mean, it's not, it's not the nitty gritty of everyday detail, but mm-hmm. it's enough, I think, to connect, you know, we, I think what, what was so beautiful about Marcel Graduate School and the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology is that we spend an enormous amount of time encouraging students and ourselves to pay attention to our story and how our own story uh, intersects with the life that we live now. But, but where we have taken that is how does our own story, uh, family of origin in particular, impact the way we live relationally in marriage? And that intersection, mm-hmm. I think, is the, is the constant theme of our work, mm-hmm. uh, both my work, but also for Lisa and I, but also for the couples that we work with. And so that intersection, the intersection of story within uh, our own family and within our marriage, that that very center is what we try to pay attention to. And I think that's what we're consistently in wanting to bring uh, to our work is paying attention to that intersection. Mm-hmm. So like in our workshops, it's what's your story of conflict? what, you know, and helped couples explore what's the, what's the, what's, what did you bring, you know, in your story of conflict from your family of origin? What, mm-hmm. What's your story of um, play? What's your story of sexuality? What's, what's, what's the stories that you're bringing and then helping them to begin conversations about their own story. And then, and then for them to learn, how is your, how are your stories intersecting? How are they, you know, distracting? How are they imploding? How are they, mm-hmm. you know, causing conflict mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and being able to unpack that. Cause it's amazing that we don't really tell the stories mm-hmm. of our, our family of origin until we're in crisis or until there's, mm-hmm. you know, a reason, but so it's more about encouraging, let have conversations, you know, and that that's been, I think the most impactful thing for us is to have conversations about what, what we went through and, and they can just be in kind of benign, mm-hmm. enjoyable com- conversations on, you know, any particular given night. So 
but they have a huge impact on how we do things. I yeah, just had the, I like get, the big so I aha moment. That. Like, like, it's just not my area of strength. You had your aha moment, why now? Oh, no. I mean, I having like when you said we don't unpack these stories until we're in crisis. And I was like, yes, you're so true. We don't talk about trust and sex and money and all of these things openly and like explore what our family of origin was or what our script is and how it impacts us on a daily basis until we're in conflict with one another. And uh, I was like, you're you are so right. And I'm like kind of want to go down that a little bit more and understand like if if our listeners are are listening to this and they're like okay how do i have these conversations how do we broach this in our day-to-day conversations when we're, we're on a long road trip driving home from you know christmas dinner or whatever what kinds of questions should they be asking themselves how should they be thinking about it so that they can have these conversations when they're not in crisis and are there certain topics that you explore you mentioned um I mean, I mentioned, I think, trust, and that's a big one that's coming up right now in my office of, uh, you know, how, how trust has been built or broken over time with other people and how it impacts the marriage now. Uh, but I am kind of wondering what other stories are there? Well, I th- part of the way we often start is we, we talk about the story of attachment. That, that's mm-hmm. foundational mm-hmm. to the ways in which we then talk about other uh, categories or uh, topics. So attachment, you know, what, what the attachment experience was like, how av- available, unavailable was, was your caregiver, primary attachment figure. We actually spent a lot of, a lot of time, time on, on that. Uh, mm-hmm. what, how did then he or she respond to need? So we spend a lot of time talking about need, uh, the script you have around your own need, how was need responded to you when you had need, how did the other respond? What was the internal maybe message or script you developed around need? Mm-hmm. Uh, is need okay? Not okay. What's wrong with me that I have need, which then moves us into shame. We talk a lot and spend a lot of time mm-hmm. around shame, uh, kind of that internal script of what we think, feel and believe about ourselves, uh, and how that might then impact our marriage, our marital dynamic. Uh, and then we do spend some time talking about play, uh, sex as a form of play, uh, intimacy, not just sexual intimacy, but emotional intimacy. How do we cultivate emotional intimacy? So those are, I would say those are the primary categories, but, but I would say, how do we invite one another to conversation is, is it's intentional. Uh, There's an intentional, what we would say, curiosity when we approach conversations like that. And that, that to me is, uh, I, I think to us even is the foundation of how we even have conversation is being intentionally curious about what was conflict like for you? How was it modeled? Uh, what would you say to you when need wasn't met? You know, those are just, you know, specific examples. Yeah. I mean, you can pretty much take any topic, like say you want to take trust and and then you would say, what what's your earliest story, your earliest memory of trust in your family? Mm-hmm. What did it look like? What, did, could you trust your mom? Could you trust your dad? Like a sibling, like just so you, and it's usually in times where you're not in conflict, you're not heated, you're not, you're just kind of, curious. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we talk about curiosity a lot and it's amazing. Some very simple stories have come out between us that are so impactful that we remember. Mm. And so now it's almost like you see the fuller person, you see the the beginnings as part of mm. the person that you're mm-hmm. with. So you, it, I don't know, it's just a fuller mm. understanding of, I don't know, the difficulties, the trials, the tribulations that 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 person has endured or even yeah. just a thought process. Cause mm-hmm. I don't think we understand ourselves sometimes as adults. Like we just, we just go on as if we have all our tools and. 
and I think what you just said, Lisa, is so helpful is, is these are, I would say a, like a consistent or constant awareness. It's, you know, we, we were just saying how long we've we been married. Oh yeah. 35 years. And, and a couple of years ago, Lisa shared a story uh, that, that I had never heard before. And it was a story around uh, when a particular moment, her mother was upset uh, and literally went into the bedroom and closed the door. And, and in that moment, it became even cl more clear to me of, oh, that's what it's like for you. When, when, I mean, sometimes when we're in conflict, I leave, I withdraw, I disengage. And mm -hmm, that's, mm -hmm. that's the intersection is it reminds Lisa in that very moment of what was true of I'm all alone in this. Uh, I have to figure this out on my own. Uh, I, I've lost access. And, and I think what, what we have become more aware of is those are the stories that are maybe mm, the underlying theme of our interactions that we're not even aware of at times. And yeah. I think that's the beauty of, of ongoing conversation is we, we get to learn more about each other through those stories. Well, and, and we, I didn't know, even know that story meant that, right? So mm -hmm. in order to have him hear it and then reflect back to me, like, oh, you felt you felt like you were going to lose relationship if you had conflict with your mom. And mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I did. You know, like we don't, it's mm -hmm. not like, you know what you're sharing. You're just sharing right. stories. And so as right. you share those stories, you unpack them for each other. You, you give meaning to them. You, you say, Oh, I, I'm so, you know, I'm so impacted by your story. I, I see what you were going through. And so then there's tenderness and there's openness and, and now you have a new trajectory, you know, in that area. So mm. They can be you can so see, see Laura, I, why Steve and Lisa are such a good foil for me because like, I don't have the patience to do any of that stuff. Like I, even as you're talking right now, I'm like, so what? So what? So now I what do you want me to do? I was just thinking the same thing. Now <laughs> you know, what? Like, Once, yeah. Okay. Now that I've spent Now that I know the talking, story, like, thank you for the story. Like now what right. am I supposed to do with it? You know, like, uh -huh. um, so That's because I'm, I do, I, I'm telling you, I really do want to get better at this. I mean, Steve, you got to be any of you got probably had to be a nine, right? Uh, like, actually, I'm a two or yeah. three. Okay. He's a three, a three with, with a, a very four, strong four wing, four wing, which we're, we're very, and I'm a four with a three wing. And so we like to create, we, we have like a lot of things. issues. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of issues daily. I yeah. say daily. Can you imagine two fours in the same room? It's so, <laughs> oh. well, I'm an eight. You guys, I, I have no idea what you're talking oh. about. Oh, okay. I don't okay. know okay. anything about Enneagram. It's oh. uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I believe, <laughs> I believe. Well, like I said, I'm an eight. We think Laura's a seven and I, um, but I, you know, I definitely have this bias for like, Googling now, right now. Yeah. Yeah. for like fig figuring it out black and, and white black and happen. white right versus wrong yep. yeah see and fours so, are all gray fours are, <laughs> no well abby's a thoroughbred abby's a thoroughbred four so i mean mm. we have this dynamic in our house which is eight four two it's the hardest one. Oh, okay right? yeah so that's really fun for us i bet <laughs> you know i bet um no but i but i you know i think again i, I sort of am just like um maybe coming to an appreciation of like sometimes we just have to let that stuff breathe and, and have room to kind of be known, you know, the idea of hearing a story from Rebecca or Rebecca hearing a story from me that she's never heard before just sounds so refreshing, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, Oh, that would be, that'd be actually really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but we get so caught up in our certainty, right? We get so up, this is what it is and this is how it works and this is how it oh, goes. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. That's, and that's where we get so stuck. Yeah. Well, I would, I would almost Did say. Did you have another C word? Word? Zach's really big on C words. Yeah. So it's not yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, alliteration. Well, you did so that he's got book, curiosity, right? like did curiosity right certainty. What's yeah, the right other here. one? I wrote this Wait. down yesterday. What's it, it say? It says, it says uh, confession, clarity, or contempt. This couple was talking to me about something and 
he said something in the car and I go, I don't know whether he said it out of confession or as a moment of clarity, or maybe it was contempt because she definitely heard it as contempt, but mm-hmm. I think he tried really? to do it as a move. So I had this, now I had this, I had to write them down. I was like, C, yeah. C, 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 the yeah. three C's. <laughs> Love it. There's hundreds of C's, right? Curiosity is a high on that list for yes, sure. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you do? Can I ask that? Because I am, uh, once couples come in, they have these conversations with one another. Gottman method would say, we have these conversations because it develops empathy for your partner and empathy is necessary when you're in conflict so that you can extend that grace, um, to your partner when you have maybe tripped over something that has activated a, a story for them of distrust or a story of of uh, abandonment or whatever it might be. But I'm curious for the two of you, what is the teaching or why, what is the why behind having these? Uh, yeah. What happens? So Laura and I come in, we sit down and we're like, hi, we're here for our thing. What, what, what happens next? <laughs> what thing are you here <laughs> for? What thing are you here <laughs> for? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a, do you have like an, a, a weekend workshop or something? Like not the mm-hmm. workshop. Yeah. I yeah. guess, yeah. I guess it's the two of us hanging out with the two of you, right? Like, is that a thing that you do? No, no. No, it's, no, uh, it, it would just be, no, you're negative. Fired. You are it, it not the two of you in the context of we're a not double group, dating. like, you know, maybe 10 to 50 other couples like okay. in, a, in a workshop setting. All and, right. That's helpful. You know, I mean, we, I would say therapeutically, I work from a very similar framework, so it, it it's a little bit more individualized, but, uh, I think what you asked to also, Laura is what's the point or why, why do we have these conversations? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. what's the hope? I, I think it's because we crave to be known. I mean, just from the day that we were born, we crave to be known. And, and how are we known? Yeah. I think we're known through story. And, and then when we are known, that to me is where the emotional intimacy that we crave is cultivated, is the sense of feeling and being known by Lisa. Uh, is, it creates safety. Uh, it creates, we'll use Zach's word, containment. Uh, there's attunement, uh, which I, I think from an a- attachment lens, those are what we long for to create that secure attachment within our, our marriage relationship. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think that question often comes up of why, why do we tell story to be known? And what's the hope of that? Because it cultivates awareness. It cultivates understanding. Uh, I, I am, I'm now more fully known by my partner, by my spouse than I was three minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And, and what does that create? It, it creates a sense of safety. There's a relational okay. safety, I think, that is cultivated in those experiences. Yeah, I think the number one word for me is awareness. Like I just, mm-hmm. we just say that over mm-hmm. and over and over yeah. and over. Because, well, we went to counseling the year before we moved up here. So like six years ago, we, we started off like going to work through some issues. And then we kept going, oh, we'll just go a couple of times. Ended up being a whole year, which was beautiful and wonderful. And we, um, but we, we so many conversations we had were like, you thought that, you know, here we've been married for mm-hmm. 30, almost 30 years and things would come up. And I, and I would say, when you said that you meant that what, you know? And mm-hmm. so like what you were saying about how you just, the certainty that you get stuck in, like, Oh, I already, I already know what you're thinking. You know, well, I didn't. And he didn't know what I was thinking. And all of a sudden it just opened up all this awareness Mm-hmm. which just clear, cleaned house. I mean, we just got to where we brought everything mm-hmm. as much as we could in, out of the closet and just got all this awareness. And um, so anyway, that disrupted a lot of that certainty, a lot of that stuckness that we had. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I wanted to go back to just awareness in general when we do a workshop. Like, I think, like, for example, the the story, one of the things that we've always struggled with is um, how much social 
to do in our, like, I like to be social. I like to do things with people. And Steve's more of an introvert. He likes more alone time. He'd rather go on a date alone. I'd rather, I would not rather, but I like to have parties. Mm -hmm. I like to, and so all over the years, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I remember one time we were talking, um, again, like six, seven years ago, um, and Steve was sharing a story about his childhood and he grew up in a military family. They moved every single year for what? 12 schools. 12 years. Yeah. Um, Jeez. and he remembers this one time where his mom said, just go find someone to play with. And so he remembers knocking on doors and mm. getting, you know, negative you responses. No, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Come out and play. And yeah. bike around the hall. Yeah. What's, what Disney movie is that? For, frozen. 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 Oh, yeah. That's totally me and my 16, my 15 year old right now. I'm just like, Hey, we used to be best buddies. We used to wrestle. Yeah. But the impact of that story on me, all of a sudden I understood his difficulty, you know, that I, I can't even put words to it really. That's why story mm. is so powerful because just the remembrance of the story softens my need to demand that he, Be like you know, you. have these social. Mm. So I don't know. It's just, there's something, I think our, our approach is more organic than mm-hmm. um, one, two, three, here's what you do. And it's mm-hmm. more about this awareness evolves an empathy that's so authentic that you mm-hmm. all of a sudden this isn't that important to me anymore because what's more important is that oh my gosh this child that had to go out and find somebody and is just so overwhelmed by having to do that as an adult and so I it's not like okay I'm gonna have a turn and you're having a turn it's just like all of a sudden it's not that important to me anymore mm-hmm. like there's something that softens and so and he yeah. and same back and forth with and so I think we've just seen that happen. And so it's hard to put it into like, you know, like I said, one, two, three words, mm-hmm. but. But it does cultivate that empathy. Like you were saying earlier, yeah. Laura, like that, yeah. like even that story, that, that is a story of empathy, I think. Yeah. I mean, in, in Gottmanese, right? Like Gottman speak, he would mm-hmm. say that when you learn one another's stories, especially with like a fundamental difference between the two of you, where one of you is an introvert and the other is an extrovert. Um, the softening is that willingness to yield the, the the desire that comes from wanting to meet your partner's needs. Mm-hmm. And rather than feeling so stuck on your own need of, mm-hmm. I want to have, I want to go out with like six of our couple friends t- mm-hmm. tonight, but mm-hmm. I know that you had a big week and you've mm-hmm. been putting a lot of energy into your clients and you probably need to restore mm-hmm. and you want to spend time with me, but you don't want to spend time with the six other couples. Mm-hmm. And so knowing your partner's story and the background behind it, it's not just you putting your foot in the sand and saying, I just want to date you tonight. Mm-hmm. It's, I understand where you're coming from. And because that I'm more willing to yield and give you your needs, meet your needs. Um, and not always in a yes, honey way, but a way that is from a genuine desire to please your partner, be there for your partner and help them to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm with you though. I was a, an army brat as well. I was actually a, a chaplain's kid. Mm-hmm. And so, and a military brat. So I uh, moved schools a lot and I, I don't even know, I lost count. But um, when I went to college in Bellingham, that was the longest I'd ever been anywhere. It was for wow. four years at a university. And um, I was kind of the opposite where, well, maybe not the opposite, but you learn to make friends, but you also learn that you can leave friends and those friendships become more single serving friendships rather than long-term stay connected. This is before social media would connect people, but yeah. 
Yeah, uh, it's an interesting. Uh, I have to like look into my introverted ways because I'm similar. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. leave me alone, people. I just well, need I one. A, I have a question that I think is going to come up, and it's this one, which is, um, you know, you guys obviously have a lot of practice, and um, we're going to hear from people who say, "Well, my husband, he can't do that. Or my wife, she can't do that. She doesn't know how to. She doesn't. She doesn't have any stories, or you know, but what?" And so I think that's mm. where this word comes in that I am interested to hear you talk a little bit about. It's, it's shame, right? Like, how do I? How do I? I don't know why I do the things I do. Or oh, brother, here you go talking about your your childhood again. Like, what? Do, how do you help bridge that gap for people in terms of just understanding that it's not just say psychobabble or kind of ex- maybe even excuse, right? Well, the reason I don't want to go to this party is because I was an army brat. Like, like hmm. how do you how do you guys navigate that with people who maybe aren't as skilled or as ready to tell stories? Uh, I, I think for us too, Zach, for you know what you both have shared, that is very I think essential or common for us, you know, with couples is that very question or wondering. We don't we don't quite have that language or we it's not quite developed. And that's where I would say and we could say, Oh, I think that's a developmental muscle. I think language mm-hmm. is a developmental muscle. Curiosity is a developmental muscle. It uh intentionality is developmental. So there might not be language quite yet, but <clears throat> could could we imagine there might be or could be? Uh why do we have to bring story into this conversation? Why do we have to always I mean, we have to bring up the past. Why do we have to bring up the past? Because the past always influences the present. And that I think is undoing for so many of us. We, we just don't want that to be true. That was yesterday. That was 10 years ago. That was, that was 50 years ago. Well, even though it was in the past, it still impacts us in the present. And I think it helps us make sense of why we behave the way we do, why we live the way we do, why we relate the way we do. So without that being that being intentional, I think it's difficult to navigate moments like that. I don't want to go out with six couples. Well, how come? Uh, I, it's not just that I'm overwhelmed and I've had a hard week. It's that I feel like I can't be what you need me to be because that was true for me in my own story. I Is there space for me to have my own need? That wasn't true in my story. So that would be an example, I think, of, of what it looks like. I, I think it becomes less about <clears throat> what I can and can't do or mm-hmm. how I'm meeting your needs or not meeting your needs. But I think like in that story for me, when I heard Steve talk about that, it helped me to understand who he was as a person. So, mm-hmm. oh, you're a different person than I thought you were. Like something about you is a little bit different than I always perceived. And so that the awareness is more about, oh, this is the kind of person that you are rather than this is what you need or this is what I need. Or, and so like, or for me, for him to see me at the bedroom door closed being sad about, I, I can't make relationship happen with my mom right now. <clears throat> Part of me is um, just, just needing connection, but not knowing how, like, it's more about this is the kind of person that I am and his awareness of that. Mm-hmm. And so you don't ask of that person something that they can't do. That's like, it's like, you kind of know your children like that a little bit better. Like yeah. we kind of know who they are. We know what to ask of them. We know what not to ask of them. We know what they can do. But I think for our spouse, sometimes you just want them to meet all your needs. So you just want them to be who you want them to be, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so that awareness helps you to go, oh, you're actually not that. You, you actually don't have that capacity. And so. Being accepting of who they yes. truly are. I don't know. It's just a, aware. Yeah, it's aware just awareness. I can't even get away from that word. It's an awareness. And, um, and so now how can we do something differently? You know, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. not that you go right to that, but. 
it takes a measure too of I think humility for yourself, right? As you bring in this idea of your children, right? I I, I use this metaphor a lot in my office where I talk about you guys, you know how to do this. If you have three kids and you're trying to get them to eat vegetables, you've got to use reverse psychology on one. You've got to ask politely of the other and you've got to reward the third with dessert. Like, you know how to meet them at their point of need. We just don't do that with our spouses sometimes. I think because we're not humble enough or, 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 you know, uns, you know, uh, say agile enough to do how do I get my husband to eat his vegetables? You know, how do I get my wife to eat her vegetables? You know, it's right. sort of like you should eat them because that's the responsible thing for, because I eat them, right. you know, or yeah, whatever. Cause you're an adult and you, and you should do whatever needs to be done. Right. And so I think this brings you back to seeing each other more childlike. Mm-hmm. You know that Zach and I are huge fans of getting support, and that is why we have partnered with BetterHelp to put you in contact with licensed professional counselors in your area. Tap into the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, and experienced counselors who can help you with a range of issues, including depression, anxiety, trauma, grief, relationships, and more. With BetterHelp's counselors, you get the same professionalism and quality that you would expect from an in-office counselor. With the ability to communicate when and how you want, whether it be messaging through the phone or video conferencing. The matching process is quick, but thorough. Look, I know that a lot of therapists are booked out and difficult to get into, but don't let that stop you from getting the support that you need. The cost is less than half of what Zach and I charge, which is kind of unheard of. And when you register with BetterHelp, you are supporting Marriage Therapy Radio. Go to trybetterhelp.com MTR. So it's trybetterhelp.com forward slash MTR to register with BetterHelp. T-R-Y-B-E-T-T-E-R help H-E-L-P.com forward slash MTR. And you receive a special discount as a Marriage Therapy Radio listener. Okay, I have a question for you. This just came up totally separate. Um, So... Um, try it with curiosity. One thing that I have seen, uh, some tension recently is when one partner says, Hey, I, I think that maybe what I'm seeing from you might be depression, or I might be seeing ADHD, or I might be seeing something in you. And I'm curious what this is all about. And, um, and it's coming from a place of genuine curiosity, wanting to understand a spouse, but then, why are you smiling, Zach? Oh, I'm just, uh, uh, this is a conversation Rebecca and I have regularly, <laughs> but I'm not going to, you're trying to, she's sneaking it in. I'm not going to out her right now. Where is she? Bring her in. Okay. But you just did, right? Okay. Stuck in the snow. She doesn't have a car. She's just, this is funny though, like longer story, but to your point about introverts, extroverts, she's been stuck inside for three days. She's, she needs to be with people. And she's like, you guys, I'm going, I'm, I'm about to lose my mind. Like, yeah. that's why I'm mad at you all the time right now. Mm. So I haven't been outside. I haven't talked to anybody. She went to Costco the other day for two hours. She's like, I just, <laughs> I just talked to everybody. I, if somebody would talk to me, I just talked to them. <laughs> you know, because having idea. muffled a conversation idea, about bananas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's finish. Well, so the, the curiosity piece of one partner truly being curious. What is this that I'm seeing? I'm, I'm and saying, I think this might be, let's just say ADHD. And you were talking about shame and so the other partner that's maybe being labeled is shutting down and not wanting to explore that, not wanting to talk about it. And it's just a place of, it feels to me 
like triggering shame when one partner is genuinely wanting to understand, genuinely wanting to build empathy where it's been uh, a buildup of just like a lot of resentment. There's a reason, you know, all these things are happening. I'm building resentment up. Maybe there's an explanation. I'd like to know more. And then it's a not willing to talk about it in a shame spiral. And I'm just like, how do you tap into that? I, I mean, I would say therapeutically, uh, that is, to me, that's the essence of what therapy is, is actually working within the context of understanding shame and how it impacts our marriage relationship. And uh, we just started a class at the Seattle School a couple of years ago, and it's just a class on shame. How do we teach mm. grad students to work therapeutically with shame? And that, I, I think for so many couples, like what you just named, Laura, I, I don't think they're that they or we are often aware of how shame just entered the room, or how shame just entered the conversation or how shame just became present in our dynamic. But, uh, mm. you know, even that example of there to me, the essence of shame is this question or the statement of what's wrong with me. Yes, it can be sometimes what's wrong with you, but it's this question of what's wrong with me. There, there's this, I think this fear, if you will, around judgment there, there is, mm -hmm. if you actually know me, see me uh, fully there, you will turn away from me. And, and that's the visual image. I think of what shame is, is, is that there's something wrong with me that I have ADHD, for example, mm -hmm. like the example you just used. There's, yeah. there's an element of judgment. And so we retreat, we hide, we withdraw, uh, or, or we just react defensively and, and blame and somehow say it's about the other. So there's, to mm -hmm. me, that's the, I would say constant, consistent dance in moments of conflict is shame is so at play uh, yeah. in the dynamic because mm -hmm. it just has this core essence of judgment. There must be something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn more about that too. That's, I, mean, I know. I, I was like, is this class. an online course that we can take? <laughs> sure. Yeah, can we could, get a discount sure. of two for one? Sure. You could audit it. Sure. Join us. Ooh, well, sweet. I think that's also why childhood stories are more disarming. So like if you're trying to work something out, but why are you like this? Why are you like this? But if it's not in the conflict again, and it's just a curiosity about childhood, like, well, um, if it's ADHD, like what was it like as a kid? Like, did you... Mm -hmm. Did you feel confused when you're at school? Did you, what was the experience? And it's, it's mm -hmm. very disarming. I think in most cases to talk about your childhood, you know, mm -hmm. like maybe a childhood story. I mean, unless, you know, it's about mm -hmm. abuse and all that, which again is helpful, but it's hard. I think mm -hmm. starting there so that you begin to start in a, I don't know, a less mm -hmm. conflictual, more about. I'm curious, I wasn't there in your life, so I don't even know. So tell me about that. And what, yeah. what teacher did you like? But, you know, it could be such, it could be such benign seeming um, questions, you know, but yeah, what was your favorite, favorite? Yeah. My favorite question for people is who was your best friend in fourth grade? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did you do? And why? And what did yeah. you talk about? And yeah, what was that like? Yeah. There's a, there's sort of a developmental psychology bit about how fourth grade is sort of when you transition into consciousness, mm -hmm. you know, so fourth, that story about your fourth grade friend is often mm -hmm. one that has a lot of data. Yeah. Do you use and that, do you do you talk about that with your wife? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. But in therapy, <laughs> you, do you use that therapeutically as well? Yeah, totally. Huh. That's yeah. a great question. Yeah. And then, you know, because I mean, you're a basketball player, right? So mm -hmm. sometimes you find out in fourth grade, I'm really good at defense, right? So that's kind of when you settle mm -hmm. into your position. Mm. Um, and that was true for me as a soccer player. Like I, I learned kind of what I could do and that's what I did on the field for the rest of my sort of, mm. uh, 
successful soccer career, you know, <clears throat> same as fourth grade. Before that, it was bouncing around. So it's been really interesting to let people tap into that because they don't remember that they went into the woods and built a fort mm-hmm. or that, they, that their friend mm-hmm. betrayed them or that they, mm-hmm. you know, or that their their friend's mom didn't let them hang out with them anymore once yeah. they got to mm-hmm. middle school, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. But what, what would you say is the hope of that question? So even that question is, it, it, I mean, it's an intentional, it's curious. I think, I think minimally it's this, which is, if I, if you guys are my clients, I would say, Hey Lisa, there's, I, there, I promise you there's stuff you don't know. Steve hasn't thought about his best friend in fourth grade in 20 years. So just, let's just see what happens. Okay. Let's just ask, you yeah. know, kind of the same as you. Like, what, what so now you that we know the muscle? story, what would you say happens? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think it opens the door to lots of, um, sort of aha, like aha yeah. moments. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and then I think again, people talk about, um, their childhood and mostly, particularly when they're talking about their parents, they're talking about fourth to seventh, like, like fourth, seventh or eighth grade. Like when I think about who were my parents, that's, that's where I'm putting them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the beginning of that story is the beginning of sort of understanding, like what, what was it like learning what it, what a marriage is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you start to pay attention about that time. Mm-hmm. So you actually By get... By seventh grade, you've sort of made your conclusions and now right. you're just, you're sort of adapting to that reality. Yeah, I like that because it gives a framework to ha- the stories that you might bring in. I mean, that yeah. that's helpful. It's not just when you were two or when you were 21, but let, let's talk about this particular developmental time yeah. mm-hmm. within the regard to stories. That's you can helpful. steal that. You can have it. That's oh, thank free. you. Thank you. Yeah. We will. <laughs> Um, Hey, we have to land this plane, but I want to, Laura, you know, this story, but Steve doesn't know that I tell it all the time, which is, um, the only time I've ever done triathlons is when with Steve. And so I don't know this story actually. Yeah, you do. It's this story, which is I'm a really good swimmer. So I get out of the water and I'm like top 10%. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm not that strong on the bike. I had to learn how to ride a bike to do triathlon. And then my legs have given up on me as a soccer, lifelong soccer player. I just can't run. So Mm -hmm. I got out of the water and I was like, busting it. I was killing it. I was like, I'm so good at triathlons. <laughs> and then I spent the next two legs getting passed by everyone, everyone, including Steve, who started a half an hour after me. <laughs> and he looks, he looks like, are you, how tall are you, Steve? Um, six one. Six one. Okay. All right. You look like a, a t- taller figure. So I was thinking like for someone who's six foot one to be passing you up, like on foot to me, that seems like you must be going pretty slow. Zach. I gave up triathlon after that. So <laughs> no, you I, didn't. Um, did you, did you really give it up? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I still yeah. swim a lot, but I don't, I don't, I can't do, I can't run anymore. So yeah, Laura I and I either. talk quite a bit about maybe one day we'll do a triathlon where I swim and she does, she there bikes and we have five okay. some other person to do okay. something else, but Steve have you guys, can't run anymore. I, I mean, I, I could feel anymore. better. I don't do I could run. I, I joined the Peloton cult like a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, me too, me too, me too. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh, oh my friends. Yeah. Who's your has, favorite trainer? It yeah. has so shaped. Who's your rebound. favorite? Who's your favorite? Yeah. Who do you ride with? Oh, I ride with Leanne, Emma, and Olivia. Oh boy. She's. Oh yeah. I've seen yeah, a lot of I Olivia. Can't ride with Olivia. She's too. On yours. I can't ride with Olivia. Yeah. Um, I'm almost a hundred percent. I ride with Hannah Frankson almost a hundred percent of the time. Okay. So yeah, she's great. It's I'm yeah, going to, I love it. I'm we gonna, love it. This weekend, does it too. It's so fun. Do you ride too, to, I will get uh 600 miles. I'll be 600 miles in December. Nice. Sweet. So that's okay. amazing. Yeah. We'll Zach. find each other and like do go up the charts and stuff. Yeah. Right. 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 Pass you. <laughs> do you ride too, Laura? Do you enjoy it? I do. Yeah, I have. I don't but have a Peloton. Peloton. I have the I have the iFit version. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I did just sign 
up for a marathon training group. I did a half marathon training group a couple months ago. So working on the running part. Nice. By the way, we so have enjoyed listening to you guys on your podcast. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Just wonderful. Again, you started with the word authenticity. I would say the same for the two of you. Like it's the way you offer yourselves. We're good foils for each other. We're good foils for each other. (laughs) Except this time I'm the old wise one, like you used to be, or like you are now for Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) And Laura's the, Laura's the spitfire one who's got it all together. The greenhorn. Okay. Well, let's officially land this plane. Um, Before we do though, I do want to know like if folks are interested, if they are in like the Pacific Northwest or they even want to travel to meet up with you, like what's the best way to find the two of you? Uh, through our website is the best, uh, it's the reconnectinstitute.com. So it has all our, all the information about workshops, podcasts, therapeutic work, intensives, that kind of thing. So that, that's the best way. We're on Instagram. We're also on Instagram at reconnect marriage. Instagram. Oh, and there's a book too. There is a book. Zach, you oh my goodness. You wrote a book? I did a couple of years ago. Tell me about the book. Where can people find it? Uh, It's also on, it's on Amazon, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, most, most Mm -hmm. outlets you can find it. Uh, It really is similar to what we're talking about today, but the title of it's reconnect and uh, that's how we've titled all our material, you know, and podcast and workshops. So what's so. The, and the podcast, cause we obviously people know what podcasts are cause they're listening on a podcast, but how do they find you? It's called reconnect. Uh, it's called the reconnect marriage podcast, the reconnect marriage podcast. And both of you are on the we podcast. Are. Yes. It's very similar to this. We, we have a conversation for about 20, 25 minutes about a particular topic yep. each week. Yep. Sweet. Okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to start listening. Oh, I'll stalk you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today, you guys. Thanks for having oh, us. Such a privilege. Appreciate the work yeah. you guys do. And uh, I've really enjoyed our time with you. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Wow, wow, wow. Steve and Lisa, I don't even know. I do know. I just feel very safe in their presence. And I'm sure that that is even more palpable when you are doing a live workshop. If you want to learn more about Steve and Lisa and their work with couples, you can find them on their website, thereconnectinstitute.com. They also have their podcast, Reconnect Marriage Podcast. Um, And then also, hey, this is a new function. If you're listening to us on Spotify, give us a rating and go and uh, let us know how you're enjoying the podcast on Spotify. You can always do that with iTunes as well. Join the hundreds of others that have given us a rating and um, and a little, you know, a little shout out, a little blurb of what you're enjoying about the podcast. Um, Thank you for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.